it, it's definitely a way of what people are being taught and then the people that hang around that continue to perpetuate these same ideals Ooh, that was a mad smart but um <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you are listening to the Postgrad Podcast with your host, Devin. And today we are going to be talking about maintaining a long distance friendship with my great friend, Noma. And Noma, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everyone. Ah, I just want to start by saying I'm really happy that Devin put this together. I respect his craft. Love him. But um, hi, my name is Noma. I'm 22 years old, living in Los Angeles. I'm Nigerian. Um, I guess what me and Devin have related to each other is we both love film and we both went to film school. I recently graduated in May and um, it's just been a hustle since then, trying to look for gigs and trying to put myself out there. Um, And I like things travel. I like to hang out with friends. Um, I like movies and just social media and how but it's a blessing to be in this era of social media and just able to connect with people. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to be here and I can't wait to hear the questions that my friend Devin has. Oh yeah. And I was about to say, we're excited to have you. Like it was two people over here. I'm excited <laughs> to have you, Nova. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're excited to have you. Who else here? Casper? But, um, <laughs> right. but, um, but yeah, me and Noma, I'm saying it like I'm an old person. We go way back, I would say. Literally. We really do. Like, we met in 2018 or 19? It was, like, 2018, because I was a freshman in college. Um, I was in the freshman dorms, and that's how you, I think you were a sophomore at the time Mm -hmm, or whatever. And then, yeah, we kind of came together when I was at the freshman dorms. And, yeah, we kind of hit it off from there. Yeah. um, Wow. And that's been, like, I mean, well, not exactly five years, but it's going on five years. We've known each other for a long time. It it doesn't feel like that. Even though you did kind of move away to New York, I still feel like I'm most connected with with you, with anybody else even around me sometimes. Because it's like, I don't think distance matters. Like, this is an age of social media. Pick up your phone, call each other, and let's just get it going. Like, I just feel like, you know, I have people that I that I still talk to in Los Angeles, and like we're really close proximity, but we're just the time is not put into that friendship, so it's like it kind of shrivels away. And it's just like the fact that I keep a fiery relationship with Devin, like you, and you're from New York right now is amazing. Like, CT, but yeah, so this is what social media and just technology does for us. Like why? Are people using that excuse like, oh, you know, get busy? Well, we schedule times together. So what else? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Um, But yeah. No, like we have literally been consistently staying in touch for five years, despite being on two opposite coasts. Yeah, exactly. Thinking about it now, it's just like, like you said, it has gone so fast. Like the fact Mm. that we've been friends for half a decade, like that's just... (laughs) Like, we deserve an award for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I don't even I don't even know where the time went. But the first time, I feel like the first time, I think the first time that I met you, like you said, it was in the freshman dorms. I was always, I, y'all were on the fourth floor, right? Yes, fourth floor. It seemed, mad, it seemed much higher than that. But they were on the fourth floor. Noma was living with everybody else. I was in my little dorm with. Oh, God. Yeah. He who shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's an that's another topic for another episode because child that was a mess it um, was terrible yeah horrible but um i met noma what it was at night time remember was it at nighttime? It was at nighttime and like But did someone introduce us or did we just naturally vibe with each other like through talking about films or like I don't understand? Like I really I don't like, remember that much. I think Taniko introduced us because I was with Yeah. Uh-huh. So like yeah, we were because we were like not in the same group yet uh-huh. at the time. But uh-huh. then we eventually got in the same group and then we like ended up meshing and it's like we did yeah. so much together in LA. We went to we went to Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Did, did we do anything else? Well, I mean, we hung out all the time, but like... Yeah, we did hang out all the time. Uh, I don't think we did that much. I think we were both doing our own thing, but we'll still meet up and it'll still be a good vibe. Like, it wasn't like right. anything pressured. It wasn't like, you know, it just felt natural. Like, I feel like I've been knowing you for years, even though, like, I just met you. You're, like, one of the genuine men that I had around me at the time. Like, honestly... Um, that were not creeps or like anything like that. Like you were just, I could tell from your energy that you were just very genuine when you met me. And it wasn't like some underlining weird stuff. You know what I mean? Like some people Yeah, because a lot of people. Like, yeah, some people have that vibe in college and you have to watch out, especially if you're a woman. Like, um, no. Um, but yeah. No, yeah, you have to watch out for people. And that that's another thing. That's the topic that could actually come up for us. Knowing who to talk to in college, especially like when you're an underclassman, I mean, it goes for everyone, but as an underclassman, you're like entering a whole new world. And there are people out there that are going to try to take advantage of you that'll have ulterior motives. And you really have to know who to surround yourself with. It could be really hard to figure out what kind of crowd you want to be with because some people you may really like, but they may be doing things that you don't like. And it's kind of like, dang, I got to separate myself with that. So, like, how do we figure out who we should surround ourselves with? Well, I'm big on energy. Like, I really do. Like, I analyze people's face. Like, it sounds weird, but it's like, I'm very analytical. Like, I need to see what your vibe is. Um, but sometimes it'd be those people where it's like, I can't read their energy. So I have to hang around like, see, okay, does this work for me or not? But um, I guess... For my college experience, I had to say no to a lot of people that tried to pressure me to do things that I didn't want to do, especially when it comes to something that's really big in college, which is drinking and smoking. And I've come across like friends telling me, oh, you know, you want to take a shot or you want to drink? Like, and I'm just like, oh, no, like, I don't do that stuff. Like, I'm good. And then, like, they're like, oh, well, you're just going to stay sober all night. Well, that's kind of boring. And I'm just like, well, am I bothering you? Like, if I don't say anything about you drinking or smoking, then why are you saying about me trying to be sober and just doing my own thing? Like, I'm not bringing down the mood. I'm still keeping the same energy. I'm still hype. I'm still cool. So it's like, why does me not doing that type of stuff in college affect you and I think that has to do with their ego and their insecurity and the way they want to follow the crowd but I don't want to do that I feel like that doesn't resonate with me so I'm not going to do that and that's something that's been happening to me for my whole four years of college people tell me like oh why don't you do it or it's like you know you're not having the best time or they look at me different like oh you're just a goody two-shoes like no it's just so much stigma about people who are younger that want to stay sober don't want to be a part of that lifestyle that makes sense like you know mm-hmm. have you ever felt peer pressure in college about that type of stuff like do they look at you different do they give you like that outcast kind of look because that's happened to me many times and i just don't understand why if i'm not the one judging you guys what's what is this energy about like 
you know, so I had to, I have to stand my ground and I have to be like, you know, cause some people, I've seen people in college, they do that peer pressure stuff. Like I, they come to me like, oh no, I don't want to do it. But then next to the friends like, oh, you know, just do it, do it, do it. Next to they start being peer pressure. Me, I'm not about to be peer pressure, something I don't want to do. So that's something that I've, I've really come to respect about myself about like standing my ground, especially as a younger woman and whatever. So that's something that I'm really proud of myself that I did in college. So uh, I hope that answered your question about how I can kind of see if people are really my friend or not, just by the way they talk to me or the way they're, you know, actions and things like that. I guess that's how I will answer that question. No, yeah, that answered the question because I, I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of people that will try to peer pressure you to do certain things uh-huh. and you really just have to stand your ground and like people will continue to peer pressure you even after you stand your ground. Like, yeah, I have seen people become alcoholics in college because they don't, they, they succumb to peer pressure. Like, thank you. Yeah. You guys are borderline alcoholics. Like it's because you guys cannot go out one night without having to take anything. Like, and then it's just like, I don't even like when I do go up these people that do drink and smoke and all stuff, they don't even look happy. Like they look so sad. They look so like, you know, I, when you're sober, you see a lot of stuff that people don't see, like when they're underneath something or when they're, you know, when they're taking something. It's like me, I'm sober. I see everyone's energy. I see people are looking like what people are actually like their body language doesn't seem too confident. I'm just like, this is something that you guys need to like work within yourselves and sometimes becoming sober, just starting little like, you know, starting to distance yourself from people can actually help you become a better person or just the person that you want to be without the substances and all this other nonsense that people are telling you to do. So yeah, being sober was like literally the best thing I could do in college. I, I learned a lot about myself and I also learned about other people as well being sober. And that's something that's beautiful in my opinion. Mm -hmm, It is. And how to navigate the people that aren't sober at parties. Like, I'm not much of a party person. I know you you definitely enjoy parties way more than me. (laughs) I'm the type of person, I'm like, dang, if I got to go because the friends want to go, I'll suffer through it. But, like, you know. (laughs) So, like, I I learned how to navigate those spaces. Like, don't get me wrong. Some days, by some days, probably at, like, one party, I was, like, actually... I didn't succumb to the peer pressure, but like I was doing my own little thing. I succumbed to my own wants and needs. <laughs> yeah, I think college is about discovering yourself. Like you know, you could try these things that people are telling you to do, but it's like if you know it doesn't resonate with you, you have the option to keep going or you have the option to stop. So everything is just about you and just finding yourself in college. Um, but yeah, pretty much. I hope I answered that question. Yeah. Oh, you answered the question. It's re- look, you know what? It's really just a conversation. So anything, you know what I'm saying? Like you could just say anything. No, I mean, not just anything, you know, but like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to keep anything it. In- pertaining to the question. But of course, don't forget, you can go unhinged if you wanted to. So like, if you want to be like after, like you know, you could do all that stuff. I'm all here for it. Okay. I, you know, I'm, you know, I love chaos, but like contained chaos, not like uncontrolled <laughs> chaos, where it's oh, like somebody's unhinged doing all types of crazy stuff. Yeah. How would you say our friendship works? I don't know. I feel like we've experienced a lot, like talking with each other through like FaceTime, and even before like you moved, um, I was actually, you know, we had a conversation in your dorm room, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna see you in uh, what did I say, two D or three D or something oh, like three, that, like. Do you remember that conversation where you were giving me a lot of stuff and it was like, oh my god, like I guess I'll see you on FaceTime or like whatever. Um, I just feel sad that we didn't really get to hang out that much. Like I didn't really get to like enjoy your presence that much when you were in LA because like 
low-key I really did like miss us and things like that so our friendship mostly has to do with like film but obviously we do talk about different things like life financial stuff just where we're going in our like different directions and different paths what was the question again like how does our friendship work like like uh I would say yeah, like what from my with? perspective, I would say our friendship works, like you said, because we have a lot of common interests. Yeah. And also because I mean, I would consider us I'm we we take in this metal. I feel like we're very unproblematic. We don't do anything <laughs> that really triggers anybody like come on now. <laughs> we just we're stay in our own lane. Yeah. Right. Like we really we really do. Yeah. To the point where it's like if anybody has a problem with us and it's really a problem with them. Because we're mm-hmm. just yeah, we're, I understand, like, we do have a lot of common interests. We're just trying to get ourselves together. We're just trying to, you know, make it out. Honestly, like, I don't want to be living in the same area. And, and um, sometimes you have to go get away from your area to find success or to find people. And I think that's what we're both trying to do. We're trying to surround ourselves with people who are creative or people who are, I guess, doing better than us so we're able to learn Sometimes people do outgrow their friend groups or people do outgrow people and that's okay because we're all just trying to learn and get to where we want to go in our different paths. But I would say that one thing I do like about us is that we are unproblematic and we just want to have a good life and be able to travel and meet people that are creative or just things like that. So I think I would say that's one thing that we really do have something in common. Yes, and then of course we always we we talking about movies every time. Like yes, like when we when we get off, we definitely have to talk about Avatar yeah. and uh, what was the other the menu? Yeah, the I menu. love the menu. And maybe some other upcoming movies that are coming out twenty twenty three. Um, Spider Verse is coming out this year, so yes, I'm very excited to see Miles I'm again. Ready. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and then we excited. don't see a black main character for another five years. <laughs> Talk about it. Like, I'm tired of the black trauma films. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's okay, like, for one of them to come out a year, but it's like consistent stuff. It's like, I don't like that. I don't like it. Let's just stop supporting. Like, honestly, I feel bad for saying that when I really stop supporting those type of films because. I just want to see our people in different lights. Like, That's why we're here, because we yeah. are the ones who need to bring those stories to the next generation, because they will continue making the same slave stories over and over and over until we come in there and we disrupt, you know? And I know everything is about, like, marketing and, you know, um, following the certain systems that are already been in place and people are already, like, familiar with, so you might as well just keep bridging off that and keep going, keep going. Because, you know, film is a business. People need to make the box office. People need to do all that other, like, financial stuff because that's a big part of making films, too, see whether people are going to watch it or not. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm t- well, I feel like black people, well, my people around me are tired of trauma films. Me and my sister are tired of trauma films. And just, like, we just want to see somebody fun. You know, colorism is a big thing in Hollywood, too. Like, we need more darker people not playing stereotypical roles, like gang members, like Snowfall. Like, I'm sorry, I can't watch Snowfall if it has to do about that type of stuff. Like, I'm tired of seeing black men in that light, black women in that light. Like, I'm not trying to say people don't live these real lives, but some people do live these real lives. But it's like, that's not, like, black people are not a monolith. People have different stories and different things i completely agree did you see that they uh will smith did the is in that apple tv plus 
slavery movie. movie. I was like, so you're telling me you're gonna go back to the world with that type of movie? Like, I understand that's somebody's story or whatever. Um, I just don't want to see it. It's too much on my it heart. Is. Like. It's like, we just want to go to the movies and be happy. Like, we just want to be like, that was a good movie afterwards. Not thinking like, like, wow, like slavery really happened. It's like white people want us to forget about slavery, but they keep making slavery movies. (laughs) (laughs) And I just feel like white people have so much variety. And I feel like there's just one trailer I saw. I don't even know what the movie was called, but it was about a, a white boy becoming a cinematographer. And that was the whole story about his, you know, him recording his family members and creating fun videos. And it was just like, are you telling me that you could create stories like this, but you just refuse to for the black community because you guys are, and it was by Steven Stilber or something like that. I don't know if he was like, the mm-hmm. director of the film, but like, yeah, the fact that the whole movie was about just a white boy, I'm not trying to, to you know, it was about a white boy that just wants to be kind of cinematographer and you know whatever. And it's like, are you telling me like something as simple as that can make the box office? But y'all are just continuing uh, putting out black trauma films and black trauma TV shows. It's like, ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, there's an agenda being placed, and I don't know. I feel like there's something underlying that they're trying to do to us, um, keep us down, keep us. Um, I don't know. Even when I do watch BET and like that type of networks, um, it's also very, you know, women fighting on the TV and all this other stuff. Like not all of them are like that, but something to do with like cheating or um, single family homes. Like I feel like there's an agenda. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm about to say about BET is no comment. Um, yeah. <laughs> no <know>. comment. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't be watching BET like that, but I go to my stepmom's place and she watches BET constantly. She watches that type of like Tyler Perry, um, different, I guess, I don't know, I don't always blank it out my brain, but she watches that she watches like those type of shows and when I do come over her place, it's like, Oh, this is what you be watching, but I mean I don't like it, but she likes that type of stuff, so it's like I guess to each viewer, to each own kind of thing. No, I completely get that. See, this is this is why we have kept a long distance friendship because we were able to talk about stuff like that. Like that was a, that was a prime example. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out. No, yeah. How long is too long without contacting each other in like a long distance friendship? I see a good. I think two months is too long. Yeah, because I feel like one month is fine. Like, you know, we're all doing our own things. Like, well, you know, we're gathering information and come back to another session of us talking or just whatever, just random calls. But I feel like two months is a lot. Because um, I feel like a lot can happen in two months and you should be able to have something to talk about by then, if that makes sense. Um, I completely, I don't, you literally read my mind. I was thinking two months too. I'm like, two months is a bit, like, if you were meeting like every two months, you would be meeting like six, six times a I don't know the math, something like I, that, six times a year. Yeah, I feel like that's a good balance because I have like my dad, he knows, he's been knowing people for like 30 years. Like he has like those type of friendships, but they don't even be talking like for a year, two years. And it's like, and then when they do come together, it's like, it's, it's like nothing has ever happened or it goes back to normal. Like those type of friendships are amazing too. Like obviously, like there's no time code and, and when we could talk to each other like that, but I feel like in two months, it's kind of like, I still want to talk to my friend, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not too, you know, to myself to not be able to reach out to you or to anybody that I've had a long-distance friendship with. But so far, you're, like, my only friend that I had, like, a long-distance, long friendship with. 
but I feel like the more I travel and the more I meet people from different cities or different countries, and I'll have to, I'll be able to have more. But so far, I'm really grateful to just maintain one good long distance relationship. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, two months is pretty. Two months is a long time, honestly. Especially if you really like that person. Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like it's just like, do y'all are y'all really friends? But like, I mean, like. <laughs> I mean, as long as you said before, as long as you could pick up where you left off, then it's yeah. like, okay. But if it's like, y'all meeting two months later and it's like, um, I don't know who you are anymore. No, it's are, like, are, then yeah. it's like, just like, well, dang. <laughs> so what are like the do's and don'ts of, let's just start with friendship in general. What are do's and don'ts? Like, what do you condone and what do you not condone? I feel like gossip is a big thing for me because i i've lost people from gossip um them constantly telling me their you know problems with the, the relationship or whatever and and when i do give those people type of advice because you know i'm a virgo and sometimes we do give out that type of advice like hardcore um hardcore like um, like tough love, that's what I have to say. Like, if you do give that tough love to your friend, like, oh, you know, you should cut, not cut them off, but like, think about this situation or that situation, it just gets emotionally draining for me because I am big on energy. So if you just keep coming to me with negative energy and it's not really like, um, it's not really balanced with other stuff, then that's when I think it's a no for me. Like, I don't want to be around people like that in my life. I want to be around people that are striving to become better and you know looking for people that are better than them and wanting to learn and you know very spontaneous people i like um people who are willing to travel and get out their comfort zone is also what i like in a person or in a friendship and i feel like for the don'ts people who were i don't know like very judgmental like i know that we all judge it's like human nature to compare it's human nature to judge but it's like if you're bringing down somebody all the time, I feel like it's just consistent. If you're bringing somebody down all the time, it's like, oh no, like, I'm sorry. Or if I can't come with you to, if I can't come to you with good news, that's a red flag for me too, because like, I want to come to my friends with good news and, you know, good things like that. And if I feel like, oh, the energy's not there, I feel like you're not going to really listen to me, then that's just like, I'm going to cut you off. Like, I have no time for that, basically. I guess, yeah, I think I'm just really big on energy. And if I'm not feeling your energy, like we don't really have that many good conversations or it's just all about negativity, then I just don't be messing with those type of people. Simple as that, in my opinion. Like, I just can't. Dude. Yeah, the negativity be draining. Like, if somebody, like, if you always have something good to say and somebody's kind of like just saying something that's negative to that, like, oh, I just got a new job. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, what if that new job is like, a scam or something or like what if that new job is not even real yeah how long have you kept the job for it then it's like <laughs> then you kind of look at them like okay you couldn't just say congratulations anything. yeah exactly like, exactly i'm not telling you anything no more if you're just gonna bring down everything that i have going for me that's amazing in my eyes it may be small to your eyes but keep it to yourself like just be happy for the people around you and good things will come to you just by doing that. Just by people who are like, oh, no one makes me feel good. I want to be around her. And sometimes friendships could be transactional if you're around the wrong people. Like those type of transactions, like, oh, I did this for you. So um, where's my thing? It's not you doing it from the kindness of your heart. It's you wanting something back. And that's just, I think that's just you being a narcissist or something like that. Like, I don't know, those type of friendships just like, 
or like depends people the people that are like insecure and i'm just like it's okay to be insecure like i'm insecure in certain things but you projecting the insecurities a different story than being insecure and being that within yourself if that makes sense and i feel like i've not even just recently i feel like just in general my life growing up I don't think I was that, like, I don't think I was a very insecure person until I heard other people's, I think people uh, projecting insecurities on me. And that's what made me kind of be insecure about myself. And I just wish back in the day, I didn't listen to those different types of people that would tell me like, oh, my nose, like my skin and just things like that. And I was like, I wish I just didn't listen to that, but I was young at the time. So when you're young, you're observing information from your family. You're observing information from your friends. So you just don't know like who to trust at that moment. You don't know what kind of vibe you're looking for. You don't know how to set boundaries. If I told, like, the one thing I'm learning about myself right now is setting boundaries with friends or just my family. And if they're, if they keep crossing those boundaries, then that's also a red flag for me. Like, I can't be your friend because I specifically told you this is how I want to be treated. And I don't really like the way you come to me with this and it's draining me. And if you're just not understanding where I'm coming from, then I don't have my, I don't have time to explain myself to you. And I'm just moving forward. Like go find somebody else that, are, that you want to do that type of stuff with. So I think having boundaries with friends and family is very important to me as an individual and to anybody, I feel like. So yeah, that's, I mean, do you have anything you want to say about that too? I definitely, I agree with the boundaries. Yeah. Having boundaries, setting those boundaries is very important in a friendship. Mm-hmm. And I would say that setting them in the first, like, I mean, well, not exactly in a friendship. You can't really set them in the first five minutes when it comes to, like, friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to roommates, definitely set them in the first five minutes because yes. they will act crazy. I know yeah. from experience. <laughs> uh-huh. But with friends, you have to kind of tell them that boundary, like, at gradually. You don't have to be, like, you don't have to be all stern with it, like, yeah. oh, don't you ever do that ever again type of thing. Right. But just be like, you know, I would really like if you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But as a friend, you know, you could say it to them normally, like, you know, don't do that, blah, 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 and that. <laughs> the way I be saying the thing is funny. My cat is all up on me right what, now. But um, <laughs> What is your do's and don'ts? Like, what do you look for in a friend and things like that? Okay, so when I'm looking for a friend, I'm definitely looking for somebody that has good energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love funny people. <laughs> As somebody that I, right, I consider myself funny, so I'm like, I like to be around funny people. Like that's just material in my head. Like they, we always, we're always laughing. Like me and you are always laughing. We could say yes. something dumb, mm-hmm. like you know anything. Like I could walk up to you, be like ooga ooga, and then <laughs> we just start we don't, like, dumb stuff like that. Um, we don't take each other seriously, but we do obviously take each other seriously. Like I respect you, and I respect what you do, but it's like. Come on, I could I could let loose around you. Like those type of people, you could just really let loose around. I love those type of people. Yes, that's okay. That's another part that I like in a friend, somebody that you could really feel comfortable around. Like I could say any, I could tell you anything, and I'll feel like I'm not being like judged or anything. Like because some people will be like, "Oh, don't worry, you can tell me this in the next five minutes." I tell them that, and they're like, "Mmm, I'm looking at you differently now." I'm like, "Well, you just said that I can tell you that. Like what happened?" Yeah. But, um, it's like people that make you feel comfortable people that are adventurous like you were saying ambitious you have to have goals like i'm sorry if you this is just a personal thing like i feel bad for saying this but if you don't have goals in life it's not that we can't be friends but like at least be doing something be working towards something i feel like if you're stagnant and you don't want to move then it's like that this isn't a don't so if you're stagnant if you don't want to move then i'm like 
I can't be friends with you. Or if you're like this in the same place and it's a bad place or a place that I don't resonate with, then I'm just like, mm-mm. I'm like, you know, no hard feelings, but we, we could be cordial. Yeah. Right. Distance. Like I'll talk to you every once in a while, but it's like, I'm not going to be all up in your face. Like if we were like really, really good friends. And then another don't is like you were saying with you mentioned people that like try to take you down and that try to make you feel insecure. They say bad things about themselves and they kind of like put that on on people. That's another don't that I think I don't like in certain people. Like I'm not looking for a friend that's going to be like, oh, I look so fat today or oh, I look this, this and that. And I'm like, "You're, you're so skinny. Like imagine what an actual larger person feels like you're literally like 100 pounds, like calm down. And then another thing with insecurity, this is, this might be a hot take for me, but I'm also somebody that has dealt with insecurity and anxiety. And I feel like I still deal with it in like small amounts now. Um, My anxiety mainly comes from like, maybe like public speaking on a large event scale. But then again, one day I might be up for it. And one one day I might not be, I don't know. I, I don't get myself in that aspect, but with insecurity, (laughs) there's a certain amount of it where I'm just like, where I'm like, okay, I'm very understanding. And then there's a certain amount where I'm like, get it together. Like you need to do, like, I'm just like, you need to do better. Like, (laughs) calm, come on now. If you don't want to go up, like if you're talking about, oh, I don't want to go to the drive through or like, I don't want to talk to the person at Wendy's or something like that. I'm like, how are you going to order then? Like make it make sense. (laughs) That's where I'm like, I'm like, you're doing too much. Like get (laughs) yourself You say, well, you do it too much. Yes. Like, come on now. You can order. You can order. That's where I'm like, if we're gonna, if you're going to keep this up, then I'm going to have to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. I was going to say something else about us. I feel like you know one time that I, I, you know, I was telling you about a film gig and it was like an internship and the whole 12 days in, in Idaho, California. It was like two hours away from my house. And like the fact that I was even like, you know, comfort is a good thing about a friendship. And I felt comfortable telling you the bad stuff about me and the good stuff about me. But when I do tell you the bad stuff about me as well, what I'm going through, you're also very understanding. And, you know, you sit there, even though I choke up sometimes when I was telling you that information that happened to me, you know, you just sat there and was like, take your time. Like, that's something that's so simple, but it can really help somebody like breathe. You know what I mean? Like, like stuff that you said to me that day still resonates, still resonates with me till this day. And I really appreciate how you handled it and how you just stayed and listened to me. You even gave me advice, like, oh my god, that doesn't sound right. Let me go search up this person. Let me help you out. Like that kind of person just quit. You know what I mean? Like I like that too about a friend. And and I don't really have that much male friends, and that's really sad. And I don't know if it's because of me or it's because like males can't be like males can't be friends with women these days because they think that, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the friend zone. The friend zone is very toxic. Like, no, like I'm not friends with you because I want to see you be, uh, I want to be in a relationship with you in the future. Nothing like that. I'm your friend because I see you as a male and you're just, you're fun and all this other stuff. And I just feel like you're like my first male friend. I don't feel some sort of weird underlining that I've always felt growing up. Like, you could just tell when you meet a guy and it's just like, it's not genuine, but with you, it's genuine. I really do like that. That's why I always keep you close because there's not really that many males out there that are willing to keep a, just a woman in a man relationship. I don't know why that's a huge thing in college. Like all the guys that I've met in college, where are they now? Like, 
the people that I thought that were friends and all this other stuff, I don't know, maybe they still see me as friends, but it's like, I tried to reach out to them even when COVID, even when COVID happened. And like, I was still trying to reach out to, I don't want to say names, but like people that I, that I talked to in college. And it's just like, there's no reciprocation. There's no calling me back. I just have to be the one to keep doing it. It's just like, that's not fair. Like I thought it was supposed to be a two-way street. I thought we had something in person or whatever that was like a, you know, a friendship, but I guess like I had to stop reaching out because I just didn't see it was genuine or I didn't get anything back. So just like, you know, let me just, I'm not going to beg anybody for a friendship that doesn't want to do anything with me. So it's like, I'm done. I don't know what happened to all the guys that I met in college. They all just disappeared. It's like, I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I would like to meet more male friends and people who are queer and, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm trying to put myself out there, but it's just, I don't know. Like, even though I do have a social media platform, I do post on my Instagram. Sometimes I just don't feel comfortable because like, I do have people that just watch me and don't interact with me, but I do have those people that I, I love posting because they do interact with my content, like you and some other people that I can name too. But those people that just sit there and watch your story and not even comment, like I'm giving you guys, or I'm trying to give ideas and talks that we can talk about on social media, but it's just like, nobody's not really interacting like that. So I'm just like, I kind of like stop doing stuff. Like that. I don't know if you noticed that, but I kind of stopped doing that type of stuff. But I don't even think I should stop. I think I should just keep doing that. Like just put myself out there and be cringy. Like, I don't know, this whole thing about like there's there I don't mind being cringy if it means that I'm gonna get a good conversation or just put out good energy if that makes sense. Like I've been cringy my whole entire life. Like, why stop now? Do you know what I mean? Um but yeah, do you have anything you wanna say about what I'm saying about like male friendships and you know Women I have something yeah. to say yeah. about the male friendships, about the posting on social media. Yeah. But first, I'll start with the male friendships. So, mm-hmm. I think all of it comes down to what people think are societal norms. It really comes down to how people were. I mean, not only were was this generation brought up on social media, but this generation was also brought up on like toxic masculinity as well like i mean that's every generation but i think this generation is starting to kind of like break the mold a little bit now but that's more the younger generation i feel like the guys in our generation are still stuck in the in that like 2010 social media type way of thinking and then when you have people like andrew tate and other people like that that come in there and kind of like reassure that way of thinking it's like it's going to be hard for a lot of guys to understand. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to make an excuse for them because I think that a lot of them just be acting weird. Yeah. But it's like that way of thinking is hard to break. You know, when you don't think you're the problem, it, it's definitely a way of what people are being taught. And then the people that hang around that continue to perpetuate these same ideals. Ooh, that was a mad smart, but, um, <laughs> but, um I had to pause it and acknowledge that, but, um, but who I'm still stuck on that. Uh... <laughs> Whoa! Why are you? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, but you were saying a lot of real stuff about like they're still stuck in that old like mentality. I guess it's it's hard for them to escape that mentality when they think that they're in the right. They think that a lot of people don't really, you know. 
I, I talk to my sister about this stuff all the time. And I think that's also part of the reason why I came up being a normal guy and not somebody that's like underlyingly unhinged, <laughs> like a lot of people are. I think that a lot of guys don't really see women as people, you know, they kind of see. And then, I mean, you have the societal norms mixed with social media, mixed with music on top yeah, of that. And like good. people idolize these people that kind of see women as objects. So then they kind of see them as just like, again, objects. Like, you know, you got Future out here talking about uh, part of his collection. Like it's a whole dollhouse or something. Like, yeah. like they're not human. And then you have people that look up to that, that want to replicate that. And then again, you have the regular societal norms. So like, that is a tough thing to break like you know how yeah. hard it is to break a whole generation like basically the whole world of people out of that mindset mm-hmm. i don't know what cultures like are like in other countries but it's yeah. probably better in certain places mm-hmm. and again it's definitely like an individual thing where it's like you have to find certain individuals but majority of people are the unhinged ones that will treat you crazy and that think that always want to get something out of like a friendship with a woman it's like yes. you know Mm-hmm. you know they'll be over here like oh like there's a lot of memes online of that stuff and like don't mm-hmm. get me wrong it's funny yeah. but then it's also like sick when you look at it, it's like wow y'all really pretending and coming to sleep over so like i think yeah. they really just need to take a step back and see how weird that is like that's really weird, that's weird. and some women they do want to be friends with guys and want to understand and want to just you know be vulnerable with them but it's like it's scary to be vulnerable with just any guy because you don't know what type of, you know, underlying hinge thing that they might have. So that's why I'm always like, so like my guard is up sometimes when I do meet a guy, whether than when it's a woman, like I'm, my guard is a little bit down, but it's just, that's what you have to be because you don't know who's going to take advantage of you or not. So that's just, I guess that's what plays a part of being a woman too having to always have your guard up around certain people because you just don't know. There's so many stories about that in college, women that, that thought they could trust a guy, but it ended up being like, oh, let me sleep with her, you know, blah, 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 some underlying weird stuff. Like, I don't know, college, uh, it's, it's very scary. Not knowing who to trust is also very scary too. But I was just gonna say, I have a whole thing with social media. I don't know, social media, it's like I want to be myself on social media, but at the same time, I also enjoy my private life. Like, I also don't want I don't want everyone knowing what I'm doing at the same time. So it's like I like to have that balance when it comes to social media and like friendships and all that other stuff. Because like you know, especially if you're gonna do film, people want you to have like a portfolio on your Instagram, like a whole reels and all this other stuff. Um, I know you can create like websites on like on your link or whatever. But like, especially if you're creative, I feel like it's a lot of pressure to put out content and just like have your social media become some sort of some aesthetic marketing kind of gig where you have your face and, you know, you're marketing towards your friend, like, oh, you know, watch my stuff. And that's okay. But me, I just feel like I'm not, I don't want to be in front of the camera, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't want my life to be out there like that. I'm more just like, I want to be rich and just be my private life kind of person. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to be any of that stuff. I like my private life. I like my friends. I like my circle and all sort of stuff. But um, do you feel, I know, I think we talked about that before, about you feeling pressure about social media, like having it be a certain way, creatively, you know, 
whatever. Like it's it's very pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It is. My mind is like, I need to make the first Oscar worthy Instagram. Like it's like I need I'm over here like I need to make a layout that makes my whole page look cinematic and like mm-hmm. I'm some big time director. I'm like, I need to do all this and that. And yeah. I think I'm more concerned with the look of it than actually doing the work. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I need to do this, this, and that. But I'm like, how about I just do? How about I just do a project and then I just post it on my page whenever, while yeah. also maintaining the page as like whatever I want, like you know, like a comedy page, a film page, because I feel like this generation feels like that was a lot of feels, but um, this generation thinks that everything has to be so niche, like yeah. you have to be known for one thing. Yes. Like, oh, there is Devin and Noma, like the filmmakers. It's like, no, we're also more than that. Like, yeah. I like to be funny. I don't know. Maybe I want to be a little Instagram comedian. Maybe right. I want to be a, um, I don't right. know, maybe I want to be a botanist or a florist or something on my Instagram. I can do yeah. all those things. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, some things work better for like algorithms and like for, for uh, yeah. audience stuff in the audience. But like, yeah. I want to be more than just one thing. And I think social media, dang, my cat all up on me again, but social media really pressures you to be some sort of visual thing that, you know, is really tough. It puts really fake expectations on you as well. Cause like you see all these other people that are doing amazing, but it's like, they did years of work. They probably had lots of help. And um, I think that's one thing that I'm realizing this year that like, you can't do everything by yourself. Like, you need help from people, no matter what it is. Like, there's a certain amount of things that you can do by yourself or a certain extent. But overall, you're going to need help. You're going to need the team. You're going to need your friends. Um, You know, I'm, like, thinking of all these big movies that I want to make. And I'm, like, I can't do that alone. I can't do the camera, the audio, the acting, the editing. That's a bit much. And then also, I wanted to comment as to what you said earlier on uh, posting, like, cringy videos. It's, Mm -hmm. like, just post the videos because like be you i literally post you know i'll be posting comedy reels sometimes yeah and, like my cringiest one the one that i looked back at and i was like i didn't even find that that funny yeah i looked at it and i'm like that one has the most views and likes i don't know how but i was like y'all like the wrong one but you know it's not up to me to decide what people yeah. find funny. So, like you know go ahead y'all eat it up I think <laughs> i'm my- here for it I think my favorite video that you posted was the drill one, like the dentist one, where you're just like up in your mouth. I was like, that was like the funniest thing to me. I thought that because was funny too. I feel like that's something that I'll see on like, like when I'm scrolling through my for you page on TikTok, I feel like I'll see stuff like that and I'll be dead. Like, that's a lot of stuff that are funny. Um, and I don't even and know if you were trying to be intentionally funny with that one, but that was just funny in my opinion. I was laughing about that one. Oh, no, I had to give my experience because I'd be at the dentist and they really just be like drilling my mouth and then they'd be like, so how was your day? Like, yeah. wow, I'm like, I'm good. But like, you know, yeah. so like, I'm just like, did they really expect the whole full answer? I'm like, I really can't move right now. Y'all about to cut me up. When it comes to like comedy content on my page, I like to make relatable stuff that I find funny. I only make things that I would find funny. Sometimes right. I look back at the video and I'm like, I don't think the video is as funny as it was in my head. Or like yeah. I didn't match that same energy I had in my head. But again, your head is different from real life. Like that's literally like your mind's eye is never going to be fully accurate. My stomach just went crazy just now. But I was on Instagram yeah. one day or I'll say I went to Central Park one day in New York and I'm just chilling and I'm like, oh, this is nice. Then I go home about a week later. I'm on Instagram and I see a video and I'm like, 
where is this? I'm like, this looks amazing. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is Central Park. And I'm like, social media will make things look so good versus real life. I'm like, that's not how it really looks. Like, it's still yes. nice, but it made it look magical. I was like, dang, I want to be here all the time. But then I'm like, it's really not like that in real life. You have to really <laughs> limit your expectations uh, and make them more realistic. Not that it has to be, you know, down bad, where it's like, there's rats in Central Park. But yeah. like, you know, it's not about to be looking like a Disney themed park or like with a filter on it some days it's going to be cloudy and some days it's going to be sunny <laughs> just have to learn how to enjoy both i feel like that's what a lot of travel vloggers do or a lot of people that do like traveling their whole page is about traveling they like to edit the water fiji water edit them in like you know greece and have the white walls be extra white or whatever it's just like and then when you get there it's like damn these people really fooled me but i still like coming here there's nothing wrong with it but it's like mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are mad about that. Like, I saw there's a whole bunch of videos where it's like expectations versus reality, and then people are in the line waiting to get that nice op- photo op. <laughs> and then it's just like, you know, you thought that that person was alone, or they woke up at like 5 a.m. to get there, but it's like, no, everybody's like a whole line to get that individual shot. And it's just, it's interesting how, you know, social media gets people to go out and like go out their comfort zone or just explore different places. Um, like, I can watch like a whole Japan vlog and want to go there um, this year or whatever. Like, I love how so we have so much access to knowledge. Like, sometimes I've been looking back, like, wow, I have Google on my fingertips. I have TikTok. I have all this social media. I can, I can search up what's been going on in different countries or people, what's been happening in different continents, and just you know, social media is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Like, there's so much good things. You know, I go on TikTok and I don't just like. I don't just watch videos like crazy videos on TikTok, like are just only funny. Like I go there to look for financial stuff, like people who are, you know, doing things to make money or side gigs, or um, I go there for like, I don't know, lawyer content about like what, let's say your landlord's kicking you out. What do you say to that landlord? There's just, there's so much random stuff that you could find on um, IG, social media. Like social media is amazing. It's crazy. I don't know what kind of stuff you search up, but I don't just search up funny videos on TikTok. I search up actual like, you know, childhood neglect or just like different things that I've experienced and I want to learn more about therapists. I found therapists on TikTok. I found a lot of people. I don't know how this turned into a whole social media thing, but it's like, I really love social media. Uh, and I hope people are taking advantage of social media because it can really help you uh, learn about yourself or just people in general. But, yeah. It can. I literally had a conversation with somebody the other yeah. day where Basically, they were saying that the algorithm, or not, they didn't even say the algorithm. They just said TikTok. Yeah. Um, it's an older person. They were like, TikTok uh, only promotes really dumb videos here in America and like, you know, comedic videos and out in China that the videos were um, more educational. And I mentioned, well, in that case, if you don't, if you think the videos that you're watching are dumb, you can easily go and follow people that are going to give you an educational value and change your whole algorithm. Sometimes I, I do think that being dumb is a choice sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, not to call, I'm not calling that person dumb at all, but like, it's like you choose what you, what you watch in today's age. Come on now. We have way too many options for you to be saying that they push you the dumb options. It's like, there's an algorithm, but also, I mean, look at how many streaming services we have. You yeah. choose what you watch. You choose what news channel you watch. It's not the 1920s. Like, yeah. um, like you get to pick pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just like at, at some point you have to really take hold of your yes, take responsibility. And yeah, it's like it's 
Right, like change your algorithm, and then when it comes to other people, mind your business. Because like, if somebody wants to have an algorithm full of dumb stuff, who knows? Full of like somebody screaming at them on the phone, yeah. that's their business. I mean, yeah. as long as they're a functioning person in the, in society and not yelling at other people because of that TikTok video, like that, that's what it's about, you know. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to long term, it's a long term, lol. So when it comes to long distance friendships. Do you need a call like every day or is that a negative? Um, oh, I see what you're trying to get here. Um, do I need to call every day? No, because I love not to say low maintenance friends, but friends that just don't need me constantly, if that makes sense. Like, like I feel like I'll get anxiety because you're you need to talk to me every single day. It's just like, um, I need distance. Like I do love you and everything, but it's like I need to take time to go back and let my life be the center of my life that makes sense like not always having your you know uh your whatever that's going on with your path your life always consuming my life and my past like you know what i mean like um i don't think i need to have a friendship where i need to call someone every single day like i i enjoy being alone i enjoy my own time and um but i also i'm also very social i like to go out I like to club I like to do all that stuff but like i just I love having friends where I can talk to them every once in a while and not have to feel that pressure, if that makes sense. Or they're, you know, it's, it's, um, what do you call it? It's, it's, it's a balance, a good balance. Yeah, yeah, it's a good balance. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. How about you? Yeah, because, like, I could not, I couldn't talk to anybody for every single day. Like, unless it's, like, my child or something. Like, no, I, I mean, child, I feel like I, that would get on my nerves. Like, I know that's going to happen one day where it's like, you got they got to be in your face every day. But some days I'm going to be like, oh, my God, like, shut up, kid. But, yeah, no talking every every single day. That I feel like you might get tired. Like, you know, I might get tired of that person. Like, it, it, I'll be like, we need to take a little break and, like, accumulate all the things we're doing. And then we'll come back. Because every day I'll be like, whew. Like, oh, yeah. what, what we even talk about every day you know what i'm saying like what what do you, does somebody even talk about every single day yeah like at least let me gather some information about my life and like have that story right. for you lined up but like damn i feel like every single day it's like damn like are you learning am i learning about different things and how you know i think we just need to take time like i think people just need to take time to be alone to be in that solitude you know what i mean so mm-hmm. yeah i just can't do it i can't be talking to everybody every single day I love my alone time. Right. Me too. Alone time is very serious and critical mm-hmm. in terms of my mental health. Yeah. It depends too on who I'm in front of every yeah. single day. So yeah, alone time, essential. Like I can't be crammed in certain places with with like a whole bunch of people, especially people that like I yield butt heads with or like that'll just like do all types of things for no reason. So like mm-hmm. no. Uh-uh. So yeah. Every day is not an option. Mm, that's not for me. Mm-mm. What are the best things you can do in a long distance friendship to maintain that friendship? I think the main thing is just making sure that you, but like, even though we might have like our own lives, we, we do get busy job projects, maybe working on, but I think just having that respect and if someone tells you like, hey, I can't, you know, I can't talk to you today, you know, can we reschedule for next week or just whatever, not you not getting mad is also like amazing because some people do get mad, like, oh, you think you're better than me, or it's like, you know, you don't she doesn't have any time for me. Like people like that are just 
that feel entitled to your time and to your space and who you are. Like those are people I don't, that's another do and don't in friendship and things like that too. I just like people that understand like when things come up, like, like let's say, you know, you have to go somewhere. Oh, I can't talk to you. Like if you, if you're that type of person who understands like me, I'm the type of person that understands like, Oh, it's okay. You know what? You know, you go do what you have to do, take care of business. And you can obviously call me again or text me another time. Like that's fine. But to some people, that's not common knowledge. Some people, they're like, oh, you, like, what do you, what do you mean? Where are you going? And all this other stuff, like, questioning you about you saying, like, hey, I can't talk to you right now. Don't question me kind of thing. So I think to maintain healthy long-term relationships with someone is just to be respectful of their time and, you know, realize that this person's going through their own path and going through their own situation. And all you can do is just sit back and be understanding and listen to them when they, when they do have that time for you and just reciprocate both ways. I think that's the best thing that I can do to keep a long distance relationship. You know, we're both adults, you know, so I think that's just adulting, literally just, I think, yeah, I think adulting is really just understanding other people's situations and figuring out ways for us to meet and come together. 100% and and emphasis on the don't feel entitled to people's time because um you know it's like you don't own that person like you can't just be over here getting mad when they're like oh i'm busy even if they cancel on you like three times like they're busy you just have to understand that unless it's on some fishy stuff where it's like oh yeah um i stubbed my toe on a yoga mat like then it's just like what it's like okay i'll just let you handle that but um but you never feel entitled to anybody's time at all Oh, what were you about to say, Noma? I was going to say, like, I feel like that comes with history of being with that person. Like, um, you know, like, you can tell when someone's generally not able to talk to you because you already created that nice foundation of just trust and um, comfortable and things like that. So when your person, when your friend does tell you, like, you know, hey, I'm not available, you don't see it as an attack on your friendship, like, because you already established that security, you established that friendship, that you don't ever have to worry about that person, oh, do they not like me? Or if you have to constantly question yourself about how a person feels about you, that should be a red flag because you should be able to feel secure in your relationship and not having to always question, am I good enough for that person? Or is that person making me feel smaller? Or I can't be myself, I can't be loud, or I can't be like, you know, quiet with that person, or sit in silence, like, you know, things like that. That also plays a big part about it too, if that makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And the last question, or not even question, but I guess mm-hmm. thing for you mm-hmm. is, what is something that you think that everybody entering adulthood or even in adulthood right now, no matter how old they are, what do you think that everybody should know? Oh my God. We need to learn to start learning how to invest. Like I'm all, I'm a businesswoman. I feel like it's at the heart, at the core. And I feel like we need to start learning how to invest and be like build up our financial IQ and um, follow people like, who give out good financial advice about credit, about you know opening up a high a high yield savings account and things like that. I think just people that are transitioning from teenagers to adults just save your damn money. Like yeah, you can splurge, you can go to a concert here and there, but make sure that you have a a long term goal because sometimes there is no there is no get rich quick scheme. So um, 
So make sure just to save your money and slowly build your wealth over time. So you're not 50 years old and have no money. Make sure that you're investing $100 somewhere, putting money aside uh, for rainy days or emergency funds, like things like that. It's just very important for everyone just to be financially stable and then become financially free because that's my goal in my adulting life. So I hope to also hope that everyone else is striving for that kind of like security putting up your financial IQ. But yeah, I think that's why advice is mainly just finance stuff. Like make sure you have yourself together. Make sure you focus on yourself. Don't be caught up in relationships that much too. Like there's so much power in just being alone and getting to know yourself in your 20s. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to let anybody rob me from my 20s. I'm going to be myself and I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to learn about myself in my 20s and then move on to my 30s and do the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? So um, mm-hmm. I think that would be my advice for today. Just save your money. That's it. <laughs> Literally save your money. Uh, yeah. So y'all heard it from Noma, y'all. Save your money and savor your 20s and enjoy it. Don't care what anybody has to say. Yeah. Do you and be smart about everything that you do and accept that you will make mistakes sometimes, but just continue to move forward. And Noma, thank you so much for coming on this episode of the podcast. Yeah. And like all my friends, you know you're coming back. You, you coming back. <laughs> yes. I love being here. I'm really I'm really happy for you because you have been talking about this podcast ever since like last year. And now that you're putting it together, it's like and I'm like I'm a part of it. It's amazing to see this creativity that's coming out of you. And I really, I really appreciate you contacting me about this. It's an honor to be here. And I hope that you go really far in life. Um, hope you resonate with this podcast. And I hope you just continue to flourish, Devin, because you really deserve it. Like, we all deserve it, honestly. Even the viewers watching. Yeah! <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we speak positivity. And thank you so much, Noma. Thank you. you. And you already know, I think the same for you. You deserve everything. Um, and I believe that we will be getting to where we need to be, hopefully soon. But if not soon, then we will be there one day. We're gonna we're gonna say in our twenties actually, because we don't want to <laughs> do this later on. We just want to. Yes. Thank you, everybody that is listening in, and make sure that you tune into next week's episode. Um, I mean, these are all kind of pre-recorded and out of order, so you're just gonna have to guess what next week's episode is, because I'm guessing too. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay,